Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? What's up, Dan and crew? Ed here, and on this episode, I sat down with Mark Vickers. You might know him as the ballpark hunter. That's right, the one and only. We talk baseball, we talk football, soccer, that's right. How he goes about and really going into each ballpark and stadium and, and really grading it. And, you know, because it's a lot of fun, right? We talk food as well, okay, guys? So without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right, well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles. My name is Ed, and with me today, I have a special guest, um, the gentleman behind the Ballpark Hunter uh, YouTube channel, uh, also on Twitter, Mark Vickers. How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I am enjoying this beautiful day that we have here in Cleveland, Ohio, beautiful weather. So I am, mm-hmm. I'm happy as a clam right now. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad out here either. There you go. I love it. Love it. Um, so uh, before we go into, you know, the person that is Mark, uh, tell me, uh, you know, obviously you've been around, you've done a lot of, um, you know, ballparks and all of that. So you've, you know, and you took uh, some of the, some of my uh, questions away. So I'm going to go over it really quick here. Your favorite ballpark is CHS field in St. Paul, Minnesota. You yes. know, you said, well, go ahead. You know, I said that for many years, and then I went back to Durham uh, this year to see a game. And I, I don't know, Durham may have snuck up there, but that that's the beauty of, of traveling the ballparks. You can say this ballpark's my favorite, and then you go to another one, you're like, nope, this Never one mind. is uh, blowing it away. Never mind. Uh, Durham is is quite a ballpark. I'm gonna I'm gonna still say CHS Field, but Durham, I'm, I'm gonna have to uh, think about that a little bit more because I was stunned by by uh, that place it's, it's right. truly a work of art and ballpark design and concepts and it's you know you got that tie into the the movie and and you you got the old tobacco factory next door it's it's just an awesome place to be uh, the even whole if, area is beautiful yeah the whole area is just gorgeous so yes it's uh it, it blew my mind i had been there about uh, eight nine years ago and i loved it back then and it did make my top five but going back this summer i was like whoa this place has gotten much better I was actually down there to what uh, to visit my sister who lives down in the in the rally uh, area, and um, I couldn't go to a game, but I still wanted to see the ballpark. Oh yeah! So I went around, and then it, I'm I, like I took a picture right under the bull right there. So I mean, it's like, yeah. and then you, yeah, and you see it right there. I mean, it's like I just walked in, and you can see it. You can stand under it, and you can see the ballpark, which is gorgeous. You know, so yeah, you're right. It's a beautiful and, ballpark. And- and I would say this out of all the AAA ballparks that I have been to, it sort of feels a little bit higher than a AAA ballpark, maybe uh, somewhere in between major and AAA, if that existed. 
uh, sort of like how the College World Series uh, stadium out is in Omaha. It's it just has a different aura to it. Yeah, uh, and I'm with you. It's beautiful, um, and I, I I cannot say anything bad about that place. I I want to go though. I really do want to go to CHS Field. Yes, um, because I hear nothing but good things. The atmosphere, uh, the games, all of that. Even before they even became a, an affiliate team of the Twins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always said it was my favorite ballpark to begin with, independent and affiliated. Now I can say it's it's one of my favorite affiliated. Uh, yeah, cheap tickets. Uh, it's it's in the lowdown section of St. Paul, which is this cool little neighborhood. So the stadium blends into some of the buildings. Uh, you can drive there. You can take the, uh, the light rail system from the airport, downtown Minneapolis, the Mall of Americas. In fact, that light rail system, I think, hits on to all the major stadiums in the Twin Cities. Oh, wow. Really? So you can actually fly into Minneapolis St. Paul Airport and you can get a hotel along that route, maybe downtown St. Paul or Minneapolis or even maybe on the outskirts and not have a card. You can get to all those stadiums. And I think it's about two dollars or two fifty a day for a pass, 24 hour pass. So, so you're talking, you're talking the twins, you're talking um, the saints and then uh, the soccer team as well. The soccer team, the uh, XL energy center. I'm also uh, the, the arena to see a Timberwolves or Lynx game. Oh man. The, the, the two minute, the two Minneapolis teams are right uh, pretty much across the street from each other. It, it feels and right. The soccer stadium is right off that link and the university of Minnesota campus is right off that link. So if you want to see some college football or, or hockey, so, it's yeah, all right it's, there. It's all right there. Now, to go from downtown Minneapolis to St. Paul, St. CHS Field, it's about a 45-minute ride. Uh, if you drove that, you get there much quicker. I think it's mm-hmm. 10 miles uh, to drive by car. But still, you're not paying to park. You're not looking for parking. You're not dealing with traffic. And, and finding parking during game day is just a pain anyway. Some, some, sometimes the parking for a Saints game can be a little uh, – a little bit of a hindrance because if you park right outside the stadium, some people try to get you for 20 bucks, surprisingly. So uh, I would keep driving around the stadium and in, in some of the open lots, you could pay seven bucks or 10 bucks, uh, a little nice. bit cheaper, a little bit cheaper in the neighborhood. You know, a lot of places to walk to after the game, uh, sustainable resources. They always have some kind of wacky promotion. So if I ever tell anybody to go to a saints game, look at their promotion calendar. Cause they have some bizarre, events there like one time they had all the fans come on the field and they brought out all the food trucks that was just so cool to be out on the field hanging out and and all the food trucks yeah all the food trucks were out on the uh warning track so and the place was legit yeah it was like eight thousand people you i think tickets are six or seven bucks to start off with for the lawn uh they have these wacky characters that walk around and, and entertain people one of them is gert the flirt she's a woman who dresses up as an older lady with heavy lipstick and she kisses you on the lips and leaves like a mark. And Oh, that's great. They, they have a gentleman who sings badly and he does that after I think the sixth or seventh inning. And then they throw candy out of the press boxes uh, to uh, fans below. There's a dog park next door. Oh man. Uh, they have, I think my only complaint there is their gift shop. It's a little bit too small and there's a lot of great, great product there that, you know, unfortunately gets stuffed. Mm-hmm. And there's also a hall of there's like a Minnesota baseball hall of fame there now, which that was added since I, since I went, but it's just a cool looking ballpark and design as well. It doesn't fit your typical stadium designs and aesthetics. So yeah, a lot of pluses from that place. I almost gave it a five. Uh, I'm sorry. I almost, yeah, I almost gave it a perfect score at stadium journey. 
Nice. I just love the place. I, I don't know. I don't know what I gave it a four for, but yeah, it's 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 one of my tops right now. It's the tops, but like I said, Durham is is just right up there. I, yeah, right you up know, you you say something that it, I it is very minor league. They have really figured out the entertainment aspect of minor league baseball right baseball altogether yes there's a you're putting a good product especially now since you're you know and i don't want to say especially but you know you have these players that are going to be playing you know right across you know uh the city and with the twins but they've also like i said just figured out that baseball is just one aspect and then you have the entertainment part of it and they just it just married really well together no, exactly, because there was a time where you went to a minor league ballpark, whether it was AAA or AA, and it was just a basic stadium, and you sat there, and the, the entertainment was the game. Yes, they had some promotions, but nothing to this level. They had food. It was cheap, but it was maybe hot dogs, peanuts, and, and nachos, and mm-hmm. a couple styles of beer. You know, St. Paul has the Beer Dabbler, which has about 40 different types of local beer. You know, uh, Durham has makes their own beer on premise. They have a craft brewery there. That's you know, right. They some do. Other, other places have, you know, like I, I thirsty Thursdays where you can get three dollar beers of, of all of all types there. So the food is is up there. Some teams are going out of their way to create weird food products just to get people there. I know the I won an award. I won the 2019 fan food vote for the West Michigan Whitecaps. I came up with a, a Philadelphia cheesesteak that was wrapped in a burrito and deep fried. Oh, that sounds delicious. It, it is. They called it the Rocky Bow Burrito, and it won. And I got to go up there to throw out the first pitch. I had a sweet. They gave me they gave me some some of them to try, and I I, I was proud of that. It was like that really got me involved with this West Michigan Whitecaps team, even though I'm about four hours south of uh, Grand Rapids area. But still, uh, but that's they, amazing. Yeah, things like that. And, and I actually came in second place the following year for fan, uh, food of the decade. I was came in second place to I forget who beat me, but that's pretty so, good, though. They're close. Yeah, I was I was upset. <laughs> I was yeah. upset. But yeah, but things like that, just to get, you know, things like that to get people involved, coming out with different logos, coming out with, you know, alternative identities, mm-hmm. you know, just to get money into the stadium for people who, who will never see a game there, you know, like right now we have the, uh, the West Virginia power just change your name to the Charleston dirty birds. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they sold a lot of hats because of that. Oh, and I'm waiting I'm sure, for them to have a dad hat. I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure once they do that, you'll be one of the, the fi- fine folks from across the country, buying a hat, bringing right. money into that team because the West Virginia Power was a terrible name. I hated that name. They went from the Alley Cats to some generic sounding. Uh, yeah, it didn't term. make any sense. Yeah, you're right. Some people liked it. Maybe if they had an arena football team, that would sound good. But that sounded like an electricity bill company. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I love I love this new name, even though I think they rolled out their logo and their branding design a little bit wonky. You know, most teams have a press conference. Most teams have. Uh, a press release with all the logos and, and jersey designs, and they sort of just say, "Oh yeah, here's our new look. We're, we're going to debut it on the 28th of September in between uh, double headers. Uh, here's some pictures. Here's the logo. Oh yeah, by the way, we're releasing some other stuff soon. 
And they never, I, I never felt like I got that, that information from them. I had to search for it. Right. Exactly. And, and I mean, listen, good for them because it's a great, I, I am a fan, right? Like it took me a little bit to get used to it. Right. Because if you really think about what the Canary really stand you know, yes, stood yes. for, no, it's you know, a good idea. Culpa. Right. Exactly. But the communication of it was yes. a little, like you said, a little wonky. I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe a press conference to really go into detail of what, yeah, you know, what the designs so, are. The so colors. guys like me can write about it. And, <laughs> right. and I, I, I even try to contact somebody from the team and usually you go online, you can find the emails, you can find some numbers. I, I just felt like I was running in circles. I was a little bit shocked. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. expecting that from a, an Atlantic league team. You know, they, they got their, you know, what in order. I would expect that from maybe, you know, a low level indoor football league team that you know, <laughs> stopped paying their players and, and playing in a, you know, a barn and calling it an arena. But, right. Like, yeesh. Exactly. But yeah. yeah I'm a, a fan. I, some good ones. And I usually, you know, we wait until, um, until November is when you really start seeing a lot of the new logos or new rebrand and all that. But they just they went ahead and they just full steam ahead. And yeah, no, we're going to release something yeah. later. Yeah, no, and it's uh, you know it's it's really odd to rebrand before the season ends. I know the White Sox did it with their current look in 1990, the last home series, and I know the Florence Flamingo did it in the coastal plain league, they, they their did. last series, they, they became the flamingos, which they had a great rollout. Beautiful oh, was... look, beautiful. Oh, it's, I mean, black and pink. I don't know why that look, those colors are not in, you know, utilized more often. That's a great concept. I, I am a fan of the Florence mm -hmm. flamingos. It just makes sense. I don't know what it is. It just, yeah, it no. does. Yeah. It makes um, sense. Just like the, just like the Burlington sock puppets. Yes. When sir. they rebranded. Oh. I was like, I was, I was thinking once they released that name, I'm like, oh my God, that makes sense. Why didn't I think of it? You know, it, it really I, did. Yeah. I was and having I a conversation. To, yeah. I actually had that conversation with Anderson uh, Rathbun of the sock puppets. And he was saying, yeah. it's like, you know, it's just, it really does tie in with the city, you know, and, and it's, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's great. And and I can tell you, and I, I so we, we had Anderson on our podcast as well. And I actually met him uh, this past summer at a game and, I was like everything about the look, the logo, how they uh, how they promoted at the stadium. They they call it Sockville USA. The kids can make sock puppets. Yep. They they have this promotion where they bring out a drawer and you have to throw socks in it. Who whoever gets the most socks in the drawer wins. Uh, cheap beer prices for the adults. I went there with a, a buddy of mine, Zach Williams. He uh, he brought his family along. His his little daughter who's seven loved it. She had so much fun at that game just with the sock puppets just hugging the mascots getting merchandise you know face painting i don't know if they do face painting every game but she she had a lot of fun she, and those are the she had a time of her the, life and we went to we went we went there and i took her we took her to the durham bulls game and she loved that as well and she got to run the bases both games and as we left our second baseball game she's like i want to go to a baseball game tomorrow <laughs> and, you're like, and i'm yeah. like i I go, I like that. I like this girl. She's just like me. Cause I want to go to a game tomorrow, but you know, her mom and dad. So, well, you know, we got other stuff going on. We got to so, do yeah, other things. It, and that's the key there. You got to You got to get the parents there. Okay. My daughter, my son loves this game, loves this stadium. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to, going to see what events they have for the kids. And 
it, yeah. The, tic- the tickets are inexpensive. The, I mean, they, they make their own beer there too, which I think was five bucks for a tall boy. I, I mean, it's, it's just, I love going, I kind of like going to some of those summer collegiate games a little bit more. Cause I feel like the price points are, are a little right. bit better for me. I hate paying eight, 10, like Indianapolis Indians are charging almost $10 for a craft beer maybe uh, maybe eight to nine maybe yeah that and you're you, I, and you know what they get away with it because they're the only you know main yes. team they're they're as, as close to major leagues as it gets over there yeah um, and it's just a little it's a little frustrating because i'm not you know the tickets are still you know affordable but it's you know when i travel to different markets and i get it you can't compare a triple a team in indianapolis to one in Bur- to a, a summer collegiate league team now mm-hmm. in Burlington, North Carolina. But, you know, if you're bringing a kid, if I'm going there just to watch baseball and, and take in the promotions and the activities, I may go with Burlington just because of the price points, just because of it's free to park. You know, I don't have to look for parking like I do uh, you right. know, with the Indians. If I'm just the normal fan, obviously when I go there, uh, I get free parking through my press passes, but you know, just something like if you're bringing the kids there, you know, and you're the parent, you're making that choice, you know, and, and, and when you are in the Burlington, I guess they call the triad region, right? You have a lot of options. A lot. Like there there's a lot of teams. Of there. There's a lot of teams. I wrote about that on the website. I mean, there's, there's tons of teams within an hour alone and even more within two hours. So right, you really you reach have- down to Charlotte. And you got a, a couple of teams you on the way there. Down the sh- exactly. You got Charlotte, you, you have High Point, Thomasville, Canapolis, you know, Estonia, Canapolis. I went there, beautiful stadium as well. High Point is, a, is an Atlantic League team. They have a funky little stadium there that uh, also has a dog run. So if you're there, you can bring your dogs to, to any of the games and you can have them run around there and, and keep them in a certain part of the ballpark. That's cool. That would be awesome. That would be all. Yeah. And that's something I think. I, I'm seeing that utilized at some ballparks, not enough, or, or maybe there has been, I'm just not aware of it, but you know, I have a, a Chihuahua and I have a, a Yorkie and my wife and I, I could probably get my wife to more baseball games. If the Indians would let us bring our dogs in there, except <laughs> for some special nights. You right. know, it it's funny nice. you say that. I have a Chihuahua as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little small, and she's not even five pounds. I'm not even going to yeah, lie. No, yeah, yes. And we named him Sox after the White Sox, and he's, he's a fierce little creature. He barks at anything. You can't come five feet in front of her house. He'll, he'll, oh, yeah. he'll know. He, you know, even if deer are walking in front of her house at 4 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> he's barking you, up a storm. You might hear my dog later on. She's probably oh, yeah. just in the bedroom, and then she hears something moving. She's yeah. going to start barking, you know. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when I do my podcast for Stadium Journey, it's if there's some out, outside interference, it's usually socks barking <laughs> at somebody. Somebody's right. walking, somebody dares to walk in front of her house to get to their house. You know, how dare they walk in front of your yeah. house? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's a little character, but we'll um, love, I love the take him to a game because he's easy to carry because he's lightweight. And, you know, he'll probably just chill. Yeah. Exactly. She's just she's hanging out on my arm, and then you know whatever. She's like, as long as somebody's holding me, I'm I'm okay. Yeah, that's how Chihuahuas are. Um. So so let me ask you, um, how did you become a fan? Like you know, take me back to your childhood years of how was it that you became a fan of the sport? Because you're you love a lot of sports altogether, correct? 
Yes. No, no. I'm a, probably, yeah, baseball is probably my biggest passion. I mm-hmm. uh, went to my first game at the Astrodome when I was four. That's uh, right. I see it right there. We were visiting uh, who were visiting cousins, my cousin Dave, Susan, Uncle Bob, Aunt Midge. And uh, they took us to the, the stadium. And I remember being indoors. I remember that giant exploding scoreboard. I remember they were playing the Expos. I, it, it was such a cool experience. I don't know if that may be a baseball fan. I, I'd hate to concede to my cousin that the Houston Astros may be a baseball fan. But it's uh, I just always have rooted for baseball. I've always been a Mets fan. My mom would tell me stories how when I was growing up, I would stay up late to watch the news to see if the Mets won. I don't, this must have been the early 80s, right before Doc Gooden company came into town. Uh, so I don't know why it was the Mets and not the Yankees. I can't explain that because uh, my brother's a Yankee fan. Uh, my mom was a Brooklyn Dodger fan growing up. And, you know, so you know what it's like to feel pain as a, a fan of a, of a team. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, see, I didn't know my mom was a Dodger fan until, you know, a few years you know, quite a few years uh, after we went to uh, buy, I went to buy a ticket at an LA Dodger game in 2005. And my mom, they asked the lady, are you going to buy a ticket too? She's like, no, I don't root for the LA Dodgers. I'm a Brooklyn Dodger fan. You don't exist to me anymore. And she was like ticked off at the, uh, the ticket seller who was probably 20 years old at the time. And, couldn't even tell you one fact about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Well, maybe a couple. And I'm like, okay, calm down, mom. But yeah, Just relax she, uh, a little bit. Yeah, her her and my grandfather were Dodger fans, and they sworn them off. So I don't know why I became a Mets fan. I couldn't tell you. I don't know if it was the color of the jerseys. I don't know if it was – it wasn't a certain player, I can tell you that. But <laughs> I, I've, I've just been a, you know, just been a Mets fan. I, and in 1984 is when I sort of remember – I remember paying attention. I remember Dale Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, and Keith Hernandez, and that was the year the Mets won 90 games and when they were a pennant race. And it was like, wow, the Mets are all of a sudden this great team. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only a matter of time before they won a World Series. So, yeah, I remember that, that 84 to 90 stretch when they were the best team in New York, uh, even probably one of the more popular teams across the country. They really did own the city. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the uh, – once upon a time in New York. No, not yet. It's it's excellent. It really it? it really it really captures a moment in time that that I remember not quite exactly like that because I was a kid, but it it truly was. You you thought I thought the Mets were going to be good every single year. You know, I thought the Mets were always going to be in contention. <laughs> I thought the Mets, they would always have Dow Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and they'd be Hall of Famers. And unfortunately 1991 came around and they didn't they started off they started off well, which I had forgotten about, and then they they collapsed, kind of like this year a little went. bit. Yeah, and then you know, and then ninety two, ninety three, Bonilla and uh, David Cone oh, was it David Cone Saberhagen shooting super soakers with bleach. Yeah, it, it got pretty bad, and then okay, they'll be good again. It's just a little lull, and yeah, it's, I it's think tough. you know what next year they might be they might be a little bit better than this year. They you know, I, they, they they should have been better this year. With all the the, power they had. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like guys who performed well last year didn't perform well this year. I know you had injuries. Is Luis Rojas a good manager? I don't know, but it'd be nice if you got like the Mets never have gotten went out there and got, you know, hired like a badass manager who has Mm -hmm. done this before and wins and is a proven winner. So they could go out and get Buck Showalter or, or Washington. That'd be great. 
you know, it's always like, yeah, let's get let's get this Mickey he's, Calloway guy. He's and the he's latest the, uh, hot name, Ron Washington. Yeah, yeah they haven't tied with San Diego right now. Yeah, yes, yeah, I mean San Diego's looking to get him, and I mean they're looking whoever they're looking to get. The Mets are trying to look to get, uh, but I, mm-hmm. I think the Mets do have to stabilize their front office a little bit, you know, because they they keep going through GMs, they keep going through different personnel, and. and instability is never a good thing the, for the insta- success. yeah it's it's not good because you have the talent there i like javi bias i hope they resign him i actually hope they sign resign michael Conforto. i really truly believe he had an off season i just don't want him to go and you get really nothing back for him and he blossoms into a, a guy who's going to hit 30 home runs 90 some rbis which he has proven he's done before uh, i just like i said just think he had an off year and it happens mm-hmm. to the best of us i mean you know they let zach wheeler go they let murphy go and, and those guys perform quite well elsewhere right that's how it usually goes sometimes doesn't and, it and, and i get it you know and maybe some of these guys just can't perform in new york i would love to talk to murphy and wheeler you know justin justin turner was a part-time player he just found himself a little bit later you know mike scott was another guy going way back discovered mm-hmm. a certain pitch and became a stud I would just like to ask these guys, is it playing in New York that bothered you? You know, is it is it going to Philly? Is it going to Washington where you can become a stud player? Because you weren't like this in New York. You weren't anywhere close to this during the regular season. And all right. of a sudden, you guys go elsewhere. Even Travis Denard last year had a stud year, but the guy is always injured. So he had six years here in New York. I... You had nothing. You had no no other choice but to release him. And then you know McCann comes in here. I was expecting a little bit more from him. Nothing. Nothing. And it's like, okay, great. You're good defensively. You can handle your pitchers. But you gotta, you gotta. These guys have to bat higher than two twenty. Well, like, Lindor. Come on. Lindor. And I, I hope that's an off season for him. I really do because we have the best have for ten years. He's an excellent player. I, I would still I, make that trade, but. Man, if you could bat 260, that'd be nice. Yeah, and I, I don't know what it is. I, listen, it could be there. You said there is something to playing in New York. Yes. The, the 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 stakes are higher in a big you know media market than it is New mm-hmm. York. Whether you're the Mets or the Yankees, it does not matter. You know, yeah, and you could you could look at a lot of Yankee guys that didn't do well and, and went elsewhere. I mean, everybody was oh, the Mets. Always, everybody does well once they leave the Mets. Well, it ha- you could say that for a lot yeah. of teams as well. But you could also say, hey, listen, we had, you know, John Oldrup came here and kicked butt. Mike Piazza came here and kicked butt. Uh, it it takes think, a certain you know, amount of, you know, I, I don't even know, there's Bob, something about the yeah. person. Uh, even, you know, even uh, Jay Bruce yeah. had a really good year with the Mets before they traded him. I mean, he, he you know, uh, Cespedes kicked butt before – his string of injuries began. You know, we just want some guys here to, you know, we're not asking for much. Just get club, you know, just don't bat 220. It's like <laughs> if you're batting 220, teams release you for that, you know? Right. Like that, that's a problem. Why are you batting 220? It's a huge you know, problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. So uh so tell me, you're you you obviously baseball is your main love. What's yes. your second sport that you're like you know passionate about wow that's that's a darn i mean obviously uh football i like i like watching mm-hmm. uh football games but i'm not it's not like i want to get to every college football stadium uh to me i it, it when it comes to yeah i i would say for watching it would be football 
That's mm-hmm. something I get a little more passionate about and then probably hockey after that. Uh, when it comes to going to stadiums, I do like going to soccer stadiums. Oh, I see God. that. I've seen um, uh, uh, some videos from you. You, The last one I saw that was just watching, it was uh, the uh, Indy 11. Yeah, Indy 11. Yeah. Uh, I do like going to – they're building some amazing stadiums, and it's about time because I remember the dark ages of soccer in this country from about oh, 19, yeah. 1985 until about the World Cup or till about 1996 when the MLS began – uh, we didn't really have a top level soccer, you know, league that mm-hmm. was could play on par with the the best of them in Europe or or down in Central South America, and the MLS came in and, and one of their goals was, hey, we're going to build our own soccer stadiums, you know, that are going to be eighteen twenty thousand. We're not going to be playing in sixty thousand seat stadiums with artificial turf. Yeah, because five thousand. Yeah, it doesn't make terrible. sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I remember going to Cosmos games when I was a little kid with my mom and dad and brother, and we would get 60, 70,000 fans at those stadiums. And then I remember, you know, towards the end, I think 1985, they played uh, a friendly independent schedule and they would get about 13, 18,000 people, the Giants stadium, which if you think about it, aren't bad numbers on today's standards, but mm-hmm. to the Cosmos standards, to the size of that stadium were horrible. So they quickly folded. So, you know, uh, in the 11, they're trying to get a new stadium. I don't know when that's going to happen because they've been talking about that since they, they came into this league. Uh, I, I wish them the best because they do have a nice passionate fan base here, but where they play right now, is just a band-aid. That can't really be what they call home for the long run. They try right. to play at Lucas oil. It's too big. It, that's it's way that, too big of a stadium. The, at, the atmosphere, everything is great in terms of like bathrooms and food and parking and neighborhood, you know, if it rains, you're covered, but the atmosphere sucks there. You, you can't blow smoke. You don't have some of the cool deals that you have at IUPUI right now uh, where they play. Uh, so I would like to see their own stadium. Louisville built their own stadium for their uh, second division team. Beautiful place to watch soccer. It has all the amenities you want. It's expandable. If they ever look to, jump into the MLS. Cincinnati has a fantastic stadium. I was there as well. They, they packed that place to the gill. I saw 20, that. Yeah. 20,000 some people on most nights. Uh, Columbus, I'm making plans to go to Columbus this Saturday to watch. Oh, nice. Uh, That's a, the, I, I, from everything I've heard. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. I wish cool. Cleveland would have a team, even if it's a lower league, obviously Ohio cannot handle a third MLS team. I yes, well, no way, no, no, uh, you know, probably wishes for that, yeah. but we'll see. You know, I'm kind of shocked because you can have, you don't have to have an MLS club to get passionate about. It. You could have a second division. You can have a third division uh, in NISA, or I know the USL two is out there, or US. I think it's League One. You, is League One, League ha- Two? Yeah, yeah, League One, League Two. You can have somebody can build a stadium for. Uh, one of their lower level teams in Cleveland seems to be a really great area where it's untouched right now. So Why you're not? funny. You say that because right by the progressive field is, you know, right next door, you have the Cavaliers, right? Um, yes. And I forget the name of their new ball, the new stadium now, because they just changed names last year, but it's not if, quick. It's not quick and loans anymore. No, it's not quick and loans. They changed. Oh, it really? <laughs> yeah. Is it um, rocket mortgage? Is that the one that changed? Yeah, yeah, that's is. Huh. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. So 
across there's the highway and then across there's a, a big huge empty lot and they were planning what the plan is trying to bring at least a league one or league two uh team yes. to cleveland for usl so i'm like that would be perfect because i think that you know you're you have it right there you have a you know there's parking there's you know if you want your don there's the downtown area so you can go and do your thing i think it would be perfect uh if they would have an elite one or league two there i'm so pushing for that right now no and and you're right that and that could be a lot of fun i went to fort wayne they have a league two and they're mm-hmm. called uh they play at a high school right now i didn't really know what to expect and i think the high school that the stadium may sit about couple thousand three thousand they had that place packed they had a lot of volunteers working there making sure that you know you got your ticket they gave away these awesome scarfs as uh as promos Mm -hmm. to build Uh, a team you know yeah they had great merchandise they they had a nice player introduction the the supporter group was a little little weak i have to say that was probably my only concern I'm like really where's where's all the support where's all the supporter groups but the atmosphere was was awesome and i talked to the owner and they're trying to build a new stadium now according to him it's it's 99 done but i was able to see some drawings i was like wow this is a great concept they have here and mm-hmm. they're looking to move up to the third division oh wow of mls or you know of, of usl because their goal is to you know we have to have our own stadium to be in the third division and i think he said we might even look into getting into the championship down the road somewhere wow but I, I wish i was just really impressed that fort wayne was doing this now they get great support for the hockey team they get great support for the bait, the minor league baseball team. Yeah. The tin uh, caps. Just, it, yeah. The tin caps. And it's just a nice, it's a good sized city. About half a million people are in the area, uh, you know, with, within a half hour, hour drive from the ballpark or the soccer stadium. So you have a lot to, to draw into, but you know, the, the objective is clear. They're, they're looking to do this for the long haul, which I think sometimes you get these owners that say, Hey, we'll get a soccer team. We'll, we'll play at this field and we'll, we'll play at this minor league ballpark. And we, you know, we'll get all these people to the stadium. And, and then within two years, we'll have our own field. It doesn't work out that way. Right. When that doesn't happen, they just, they give up the ghost and they're like, we're done. Uh, so we're packing and going somewhere else now. Yeah, they, they pack up and go someplace else. And it's it's a shame because I, I like when you start building, you know, and one thing, if you go to England and you see some of these stadiums that have been around for centuries, they started off with this grandstand, they added another grandstand, they replaced that grandstand with a larger grandstand. And then within a hundred years time, you got this, this funky looking stadium that doesn't look like any other soccer pitch out there and its location right. and their tradition and, and, uh, you know, some of the seating arrangements are top notch. And then, of course, you also have some amazing new facilities there that would blow away some NFL uh, stadiums right now. So, it's, oh, yeah, uh, and that, that's what I would like to say. I'd just like to see, uh, you know, these cities that say, hey, we're going to get a, a USL 2 or USL 1 build an actual stadium and say, OK, we're in it for the long run. Lexington, Kentucky says they're getting one. OK, show, you know, build something. Show yeah. me that you can, you know, show me the, the blueprints and everything of the, the stadium. And exactly. then you, we I'll say they, okay, you're right. You're, you are for real here. Yeah. And exactly. And just like, I look at the Chicago fire, the MLS, I'm wondering what they're doing up in uh, that soldier field. I'm sure that's a great location, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a pain in the butt to park. That's a pain in the butt to get to for some. And they're folks. not Atlanta, Atlanta. Fills yeah. It's, it's you know, Atlanta fills it up and that's a little bit easier to get to. I mean, it's uh, you know, if you're the bears, the bears want out of soldier field and let, and here's the, the Chicago fire say, no, we want into, 
the stadium. So right. that's a weird little situation. In Atlanta, yeah, you're right. 57,000 people a game. That's that's unheard of. Uh, I never thought I would see it. No, I never did. And, and they fill it up They every time. So, I mean, good yeah. for them. Good for them. Yeah. So, and uh, let me ask you, when do you start planning for your next year? How, how does that, you know, show, you know, show me how that usually works uh, out for you? Well, I, I remember in 2020, I was making plans to go to Charlotte to check out some facilities. Yeah. And that was done. That had to be, I was doing that right before the pandemic because I had this list. And I mm -hmm. remember when the pandemic came, I'm like, yeah, that, that's not going to be a big thing. <laughs> and then once it once it became obvious that minor league baseball was serious yeah. in jeopardy of playing, I tossed that out. So I probably started looking at that around February. Uh, I started looking at trips because I there was a time when I was able to hop in my car and say, "Hey, let me drive to Iowa and check out all these ballparks. Mm -hmm. Let me drive up to Wisconsin." It feels like they're always building something new in Wisconsin every time. Every time, because I was going to go to Beloit this year, and I said, eh, Beloit's only a four-hour drive. But next year, there's a new ballpark outside of Milwaukee, I think in the American Association. So nice. I can do Beloit. I can go back to Madison, which is an amazing experience as well, from what I remember. And then I can head over to Milwaukee and maybe maybe check out a Brewers game as well when I'm there. So I'm going to try to make, make that plan. And you got the Madison soccer team there. That's right. And then, you, yeah, you got the Ford Madison, which they play at a, a former minor league ballpark from centuries ago. Yeah. Uh, Breeze, Stevens Field. Yeah, that would be fun to see. They they do a great job in their level for Madison. They're great on social media. I mean, their engagement that's, with fans that's, is second yes, to none. It is. It's, it's really cool what they do. Them, Detroit City, FC, uh, Minneapolis, SC, the Crows do an amazing job as well. I think yeah, they do. They're joining USL too. I, I got to see a game with them uh, when I was up in Minneapolis. They were playing at a temporary stadium at the time because <laughs> their current stadium was was being renovated. So they were playing out in the suburbs. And it was a cool little environment. My buddy, who usually travels with me from time to time, says, I love going to these, you know, these small soccer stadiums because it's just such a cool experience that you you know, this small community. Uh, feel and you can see the support and the banners and they're really forward thinking too with uh with with certain type of uh social activist goals and mm -hmm. and they're also really being in the lgbtq community so he was he was happy with that he picked up some merchandise that supported that that's awesome so, yeah so I, I had a great time up there i kind of wish the crows would sort of i don't know what they're looking at and building their own stadium but my goodness if they had the money and the the, the resources i mean they're a very low level team if there was ways they can get uh, find a spot to build a stadium and just build it from scratch, uh, it the the type of uh, imagination that crew has, it, it would be it would it would be a must see for me to go up there. So I'm noticing that a lot other um, teams, a lot of teams in the lower ranks, right, are using a lot of minor league ballparks. Yes, they are, and retrofitting them to soccer stadiums. Yeah, which is which is good or bad. I, I know uh, yeah. Las Vegas, they're using the old Cashman Field, which is great because baseball's not played there anymore. Now, nobody would go out there to watch a baseball game, but they're going out there to watch <laughs> soccer. Probably a little more exciting when you got Yamas and these crazy-looking neon shirts where you flip them upside down, you got a smiley face. I don't know if they still do that, but still yeah, awesome. they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing that. New Mexico, I think, plays in the AAA ballpark. Same with uh, – 
El Paso. Now, I always thought that those teams could only play there for a limited amount of time before building their own stadium. That's what Louisville got out of uh, Slugger mm-hmm. Field, uh, which I think the Louisville Bats baseball team were a little bit irked that they were drawing a little bit better than them at times. But it's uh, it, it's good or bad. You Yeah. It's not ideally what you want to watch a soccer game at. Now, no, you, because then seating is not conducive to experiencing seating, a soccer. It, yeah, it's not conducive. You got a lot of open spaces. You got seats where you're like not even anywhere close to the to the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the pitcher mound. You got to take up and down, and, and it's just a lot of work. If you had your own soccer pitch, it's already done. Yeah, you don't have to do anything to it. You could do what you want. That's why I like the fact that Louisville has that because they have a, a, a woman's team. And you're right near, uh, I forget the name of the town. You're, you're, you're next to this little neighborhood within walking distance, which has a lot of bars and, and uh, there's like a restaurants that you can hang out, hang out at before cool. the game. When I was there, I think it's called Butcher Town. When I was there, everything was closed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But I would love to go back and see, get the full experience because uh, that's, that's quite an amazing facility. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be a, a good experience overall. Just, you know, game and, you know, some food and yeah. drinks or, you know, before or after or both. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. You can take some people with you who may not like soccer, but may just want to hang out at the open bar with some friends and talk and just have a night out. You there you know? go. They may not even care about the soccer game. You, you, you know, <laughs> I'm sure my wife, if we went there with uh, some of uh, we double dated sure her and her and her friends would hang out and have drinks and, and have fun. And we would watch a soccer game and have fun our own ways. And I don't know you can do that. You can't really, you can do that at a baseball game, but at a soccer game, you're timed. you know, it's going to be over. You know when it ends. Yeah. You know what it ends. And, And that's, that's one thing I like about soccer is that, you know, when it ends, you know, baseball, sometimes you're there forever, which is not a bad thing on certain days, but you know, for the most part, uh, I, yeah, that's as a parent, it's the, sometimes yeah. when it goes a little too long, it goes too yeah. long, and it's just oh, yeah, listen, yeah. honey, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, gotta go, and I some, <laughs> and I leave a lot of baseball games early because it's like, okay, I want to beat the traffic. Or you're right, it's eleven o'clock. I gotta wake up the next morning at eight because I gotta drive four hours to another city to watch a baseball game. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was good while it lasted. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, yeah I've done so. everything I can here. Awesome, awesome. Um, so before I go into my uh, famous, not so famous questions here is, a, you know, my nice. random questions. Um, you said you had a couple of teams that you're looking at. You maybe you're going into Columbus crew uh, this yes. weekend. Anything else that you have going on? Well, I'm looking at Columbus crew. I am also looking at the uh, Ohio State hockey team. I'm, oh. I want to do both. I want to do both of those games. One game's at three. The other game's at seven. Uh, I'm supposed to go up and cover Notre Dame football and hockey later this year. So that is something I'm planning to do as well. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, I'll be at uh, one of their games uh, this season as well. I have to update uh, that stadium review. Obviously, Butler basketball. I will also be at some Indiana high school venues because the Indiana high school gyms are some of the biggest in the world. Nice. And they some of them are just amazing to be at during tournament time. You get eight, six, 8,000 people at a high school gym. Oh, wow. Where, that, where that's a lot of people, at, the atmosphere is so energetic. Uh, the, the largest high school gyms, it depends who you talk to. It's either Seymour, Indiana or Newcastle. I went to Newcastle, which is uh, 
45 minutes away from me. Four teams were playing. Uh, one of them, all their fans came out. So you had the cheerleaders. You had the student section. Oh. Some, of these, some of these student sections that come out to support their high school put some of these soccer supporter groups to shame, to shame. <laughs> with the cheering. So you have one side cheering, the other side cheering. And then when this, the game is ending, you have the other fans coming in. And it's like eight bucks to see all that. It's it's extremely affordable. Ten dollars to see both games, uh, if you want to stay. So it's uh, that would probably be more around March or April. Uh, you could check out. I have I have some videos too of some of these high school gyms, which, like I said, it, they're they're just as much fun as going to some of the collegiate and professional matches uh, that I see. As and it's well. always a good time. It's always a good time. Yes, that's yes. all that and, matters. And then Toledo, I may. Want to check out some stuff in Toledo, college football, basketball, and um, and University of Miami in Ohio. I want to go back and look at their hockey arena and look at their uh, basketball arena. Now, the University of Miami is in Oxford. It's about 40 minutes north of Cincinnati. Such a cool little town. I was there about three weeks ago for their football game. They have this nice t- – uh, High Street is the name of the, the road. It's – it's brick laid mm-hmm. and it has bars and clubs and restaurants and coffee shops. And it's the place is always full of folks, young and old, just having a good time. You ever so, been to Kent state? I have not been to Kent state. No. I listen, I'm a Kent stater. I graduated from there. The, the yes. issue with Dick stadium, the football stadium where they play is that it is so far away from everything. Okay. That you know what I mean? Like there's nothing around it that you can entertain yourself. Like if you go down to downtown Kent or anything like that, that's the issue that I that I see. Maybe you'll see different, but I, I just when you when you go to a college football game or any college event, you want to make sure that you're you know by uh, restaurants nice. and stuff like that, so that way you can have more entertainment. This is just it's just far, and even for the students because that's the that's where their student parking is, um, and then you shuttle back into the uh, university, so it's just a little too far for everything else around it. So, no, no, no I agree. Yeah, just I mean, just I went to Indiana State and our our football stadium, which is like one of the worst stadiums in all of college football. <laughs> Is a mile is 1.6 miles from campus. So every during homecoming, all the students and alumni they do the walk. So they start off at a bar at eight o'clock in the morning, and they stop at every bar or now tent along Wabash mm-hmm. Ave, and they they get beer and they try to walk the one and a half miles to the stadium. And once you get there, you either join a tent or call an Uber to drive back to where your car is parked or back yeah. to campus, or you go to the football game. But most people just kind of hang out in the parking lot in a specific tent and just chill and just chill and just chill and drink or, you know, have a good time. Out. Who knows? Have there a good time. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And they, they, you know, stadium journey always wants me to, to update the review of uh, Memorial stadium, which uh, it, it, it looks the same since 1970 when they re- rebuilt it pretty much. It's it's not the 1924 minor league ballpark. It's it's totally new stadium. I wish they would stop saying it was built 1924. It's a 1970 stadium. It's a crappy looking stadium. I mean, you should be ashamed that that that's what your football stadium looks like because it's it's, it's just ugly. not pretty. It's not pretty. And there's no. I mean, I, and no disrespect to the football program because a few years ago they had a winning team and and that might have been exciting to see. It, it's just. 
it's just Nothing. a generic generic looking stadium i can't believe how dull and vapid it is and mm-hmm. you know that's great you kept the memorial arch well thank you but the rest of the stadium is it should is, probably go it should probably go and they want to build something closer to campus as well they redid their arena which that's another venue i have to check out because i would love they redid the Holman center uh they have a they have a new glass entrance which I'd be very curious to see. I was going to go last year, but they weren't giving out passes or they weren't allowing, uh, mm-hmm. they were limiting the amount of people that can come to games. So this year, hopefully I can check out a Sycamore's game at the, at the renovated Holman center, which I'm excited about because that's at a great location. It's near campus. It's near bars and restaurants and clubs. And when certain teams come into town, like IU place packs, you, you, you sell out the place and everybody just disperses to the neighboring watering holes. It's, it's, nice. a, fun ex- it's a fun excitement. I wish that was the case all the time, but <laughs> you wish it was. <laughs> well, who knows? Who there you maybe go. The team, yeah, the team just has to start winning, become a national powerhouse. <laughs> and then they may, maybe they'll get more fans in there. Yeah. It doesn't happen once every 40, <laughs> 50 year, once every 40 some year, I guess. So there you go. All right. So here we go. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So, you go the first question is you go to the ballpark what is the snack or food that you get um, or drink as soon as you go to the ballpark uh i always go for a local beer especially a beer that i not have uh mm-hmm. if it's one that's made by the team because that's a very common thing now get her yes, official beer i always try to get that uh that, that's the first thing when it comes to a food if a hot dog I always have to have a hot dog at a game nice that's a yes. good, good man. Speaking of hot dogs, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yay or nay? No, it's not a sandwich. Good man. Good answer. <laughs> uh, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Good answer as well. I mean, it's a it's yes. a blank canvas. Yeah, right? no waffles. Yeah, waffles a little more crispier. The butter gets into some of those ridges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you can just it's a blank canvas. Yeah, you know, absolutely right, Walt. That's right. Uh, okay. Worst job you've ever had? Uh, worst job I ever had. I used to, I, I was a manager of Hat World at the Indianapolis airport. And I like being at the airport. It's just I had such a small uh, area to work in. It was one of those shoebox yeah okay yeah places and you would meet some pretty famous people there but i had a district manager who was just just had an axe to grind with me about a few things and she just constantly bothered me bothered and it was almost to the point it was almost bullying to say but and i just remember i I actually got uh fired from hat wolf there was there was a little there was something that happened that she claimed she didn't do and I said she did, and corporate was questioning take, who, yep. who. So they they got rid of me, and they blamed they blamed it on the fact that I did something else, which was not even true. But you know, yeah, that that was a terrible job. It was slinging hats for people. I had to be there at five a.m. in the morning. Oh, like, security the, and all who, that. Who was buying hats at five a.m. in the morning at the Nobody. airport? And then you had a security line form in front of the store for about two hours. So nobody was buying a hat. So you're there from five to eight. Doing nothing. Doing nothing but dusting and, and placing hats in certain color ranks. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I walk into Hat World or Lids from time to time, and I'll, I'll still buy hats from them. Like, no hard feelings. I'm in a much better place. I was just going to say, I, listen, 
people you don't leave the job you leave the management yeah and i, I just i just i just thought about that you know like i can't believe I, they somebody had an issue with me there over some misunderstanding <laughs> you know though yeah let's just get rid let's just get rid of mark and i would always bring up these ideas i said hey maybe we should add this to the store maybe we should add a little more souvenir trinkets no we can't do that so then like five years later i'm at the new airport and i see that they're selling trinkets and souvenirs and shot glasses and Everything then now the, sells. now the store's closed now you know so there you go they're not doing too well in some markets but that, that people <laughs> still go they're still i mean with the online world that's just how that goes yeah just how it goes it's yes uh, sir i mean it, it's still you know there's still most malls have them so still a good place to get a hat at so that is true always good to see the the whole wall full of hats so yes. Uh, okay, um, cake or pie? Pie, yeah, probably pie. You can go different ways with pie. You can go sweet, savory. You can that get like a meat, a meat pie. You can get a pudding. Hey, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, pie. I like it. All right, uh, your first celebrity crush. Wow, you know, I, I have a conversation with uh, my my wife. Obviously, growing up, I was a big Alyssa Milano fan, but mm-hmm. that that's the first time I realized I had a crush on somebody. But I'm gonna go before that. I I when I was a kid, we had cable. Uh, I was one of the first people to have cable on my block. We would get Xanadu, the movie Xanadu, all the time. Mm-hmm. Olivia Newton John just. just <laughs> I used to get a funny feeling when I used to watch that movie. I don't know why. And then years later, I'm like, oh, now I know why. Yeah. Now I know. Because she's just absolutely gorgeous in that movie. She is just so sexy. She's got all these great outfits. Great. And, hey, can't hate on that. And I'm thinking, I'm like six, seven years old, seven, yeah, seven, eight years old watching this. <laughs> and not realizing what's going on. And, and then, you know, and then it kind of, you know. And that's how I was at, at that age. You know, I thought Jacqueline Smith was very attractive. Cheryl Ladd, you know, Catherine Bach from Dukes of Hazards. I was like, young kid, Heather Thomas from The Fall Guy. But I think <laughs> I think when I realized, when I finally realized, like, oh, yeah, I, I like girls. She's hot. It was Alyssa Milano, definitely. Alyssa Milano is a beautiful woman. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Favorite board game? Favorite board game? Yes, sir. Probably checkers. I like it. Yeah, checkers. I don't play a lot of board games. No, but, but checkers. You know, if somebody busts out a, a checkerboard. I, it's a good time. It's a good time. I'll grab. I'll gravitate to that. Chess to me, it's. Uh, I never. Chess is a fun game to play, but checkers is sort of the poor man's version of chess. So. I play ch- chess, and it's just I suck at it. So you know, yeah. not so much. So, uh, okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, what is your spirit animal? The crow. Gotcha. Yeah. Any particular reason just you like it? Uh, crows are one of the smartest animals on earth. Uh, they, they're known to play sports. Uh, they are one of the few animals that can use a tool to access something like food. Really? Uh, they also, uh, I think crows mate with each other for a long period of time. Uh, they also, they, when they fly together, it's called a murder of crows, not a flock of crows. That's uh, interesting. They, also, they can also, like if a crow saw my face and came back, it would be able to distinguish who I am. It remembers what you look like. 
It's also the logo for my adult kickball team, the Chibas. <laughs> so yes, I, I do like the crow. It's a it's a very cool looking animal. I like it. That's a good one. Um, rain or snow? Hmm. Probably snow. Doesn't come off. Doesn't come. Doesn't come off. And usually, I'm a teacher, so when it, when we have snow, it's usually a, a day off from school. I hate driving in snow. I'd rather drive in rain. But yes, snow. Gotcha. I like, you know what? You're right. Snow days is always is a better day than rain days. So. Even though if you think about it, snow is more work because I have to shovel it. <laughs> True. I don't have to shovel rain. Like I like sleeping in the rain, but yeah, you know, like if it's a Saturday morning and it's raining and I'm in my bed, I'm like, good. I don't have to get up, but you I don't have to do, do like anything. Snow. Yeah. There's something kind of like kid-like when it snows. So up you here, you know, in, in Cleveland, there's a lot of snow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tough. A little different in Cleveland. Yeah. I don't live in a, if I, if I lived in Cleveland or Denver or Buffalo, yes, I'd probably say rain. <laughs> <laughs> All but right. Yeah, I've more. never, yeah. Never lived anywhere where we had like snow bothered me to the point of like, I hate this place. I got to move. I've been here too long. You know, I moved here from Puerto Rico and I don't know, you know, I still haven't moved. So I guess it doesn't bother yeah. me that much. Well, yeah. See, like my dad's from Costa Rica and he hates the snow. He hates the winter. So he would always say, oh, I'm moving to Costa Rica. And then he'd be out there shoveling the snow. And my neighbors would say, you're supposed to be in Costa Rica. What are you doing out here? So, yep. Yep. My parents moved back. I'm still here. So, yeah. Yeah. No, he, yeah, he still lives there. He's actually up in the New Jersey right now with my brother. So he's, he's coming out here next week. There you go. Uh, he's a big soccer fan, so he probably would want to see a soccer match. So we'll we'll see if we can do that because that's going to twist, be... twist your arm, right? A L- little bit end of the season. Now, I wish he was out here yesterday because uh, Costa Rica played the U- U.S. men's national team. In that's Columbus. right. Probably could have got tickets for that, but he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a cheapskate. So, <laughs> oh, that's too much money. That's too much money. I can't go. So, <laughs> but it wasn't. It, um own goal so i'm sure he wasn't happy to uh to hear about uh, he that would have been, yeah he, he would have been disappointed and unfortunately we, I, I have seen the costa rica national team play in this country not a lot of ticos come out to watch him i, I don't yeah. you know every every other group of latinos are out there supporting their teams i don't know where the costa ricans are hondurans guatemalans mexicans puerto ricans they're they're all out there really supporting their, their squad and he, the costa ricans are just scattered everywhere <laughs> i really wish more would I have seen more Costa Ricans out of Marshalls in Bridgewater <laughs> on a Sunday than I have at a soccer stadium. So, a little, bit, little bit frustrated because Costa Rica is, is a good soccer club. It's not like they don't make the World Cup. They usually they play the U.S. They usually play the U.S. pretty well. Unfortunately, I think they've lost four in a row. They, they lost to Canada in the Gold Cup, which I don't know. Canada actually is kicking some butt right yeah, now. Yeah, Canada is coming in pretty legit. I never saw that coming. They, 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 they're doing something up there. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Deep dish or New York style pizza? I'm from New Jersey. So we got to go with the New York York (laughs) style. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I like deep dish pizza, believe you me, it's good. But yeah, getting a slice, folding Folding it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. That's pizza. That is pizza. That is correct, my friend. Okay. Uh, Last one here. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Good answer. Even though they're both good, but yeah, I like tacos. I like, uh, I actually, I make a lot of tacos. I like flour tortillas, not corn tortillas, which would probably tick some, some, Interesting. some of my, my people off. But what I what I like doing is putting a little bit of olive oil in the pan, putting the flour tortilla in there so it crisps up a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
and then putting your fillings in. Nice. Okay. I do like okay. that. I'm just, I'm not a huge corn tortilla guy. I, I only know. like them for breakfast. Breakfast with corn tortillas. Yeah, oh, I could see that. Money. I could see that. Yeah. I just like flour. My dad hates flour tortillas. He, he doesn't consider that a tortilla he, itself. He doesn't consider a tortilla. He's like, and, and if he gets a flour tortilla, he'll complain about it. You know, so. <laughs> he'll still eat it, but he'll complain. He'll, he'll, yeah. He's like, these are not real tortillas. <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. No. yeah i'm a flour tortilla though and, and I, I get a lot of crap for that but hey as long as you're happy who cares yeah yeah i get it and that, that's kind of how i feel about people who put ketchup on their hot dogs i i don't know why but i guess i gotta accept it i am i'm a ketchup guy i'm a ketchup and yeah. mustard stadium mustard uh, on hot dogs i i do like stadium mustard yes or or burtman's i guess would oh be. burtman's is my choice right there burtman's good actually i, I talked to uh a gentleman from burtman's a few years ago and I, I said well what's the difference between the two the two recipes and i guess uh the guy who founded burtman's had a handshake deal hey you know you could sell my product just don't go into business and, and he goes you can bottle my product just don't mm -hmm. try to copyright it. and i guess the guy copyrighted it and and, and and led to the two styles i really can't tell a huge difference between the two i, mm -hmm. I I'm trying. I try to. I tested them out, uh, but I. Yeah, they're both really great musters to have, and uh, you know, you you can get them here in Indianapolis. Not every place sells them. You have to kind of look for them. So it's uh, Indianapolis Indians used to have a, a station. Yep. At the ballpark, which they took away, which I got ticked off because I'd go there for dollar hot dog nights. And then you got to have the, some. You're, you know, put the stadium stuff. stadium mustard on there with a little bit of onion. Oh my goodness! What, now we're they, in heaven. And yeah, because it's much better than a yellow mustard, totally 10 times better. And and it goes it goes back to the days where each ballpark probably had their own distinct local mustard. Yeah. So, so I'm nice with you set. there. I am yeah. a huge, huge fan of uh, yeah. stadium mustard. That's my choice. I, if I if I eat a hot dog, it has to be stadium. I'll eat it with a regular yellow mustard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I exactly it isn't it isn't it's, but i am also not, a ketchup guy on the hot dog so yeah and <laughs> another must yeah, another mustard i like is dusseldorf uh dusseldorf mustard which is uh mm -hmm. kind of similar kind of similar a little bit better in some regards but okay they're, they're both they're both neck and neck All yeah right. ketchup yeah ketchup i don't yeah, I, I gotta I try don't like the only thing i use ketchup for is if it's a mixing in an ingredient mm -hmm. or on french fries i like dipping crispy fries into ketchup Okay, like to me, that is just such a great little combo flavor there. Other than that, I, I really don't like ketchup. I don't put it on burgers. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll make cocktail sauce out of it. I'll, I'll use it to make barbecue sauce. I'll use it as a chili thickener from time to time. Yeah, but that's right. Like, a lot of people I, use it for that. That's right. I definitely don't put it on a chicken nugget. Like, like, why? <laughs> no, I don't do that either. No, I don't I, do I, that. No, no, no. I don't put it on, uh, on chicken nuggets at all. Uh, barbecue uh, sauce, maybe. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, uh, mild sauce, which is a Chicago sauce for chicken wings, mm -hmm. which is half. Well, it depends who you talk to. It's it's half hot sauce, half uh, ketchup, and then some other ingredients like pineapple juice or duck sauce. People people make it out all sorts of things. Hmm. I'll use it to make that from time to time. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's some. When you travel, you find all these really all uh, these little different yeah yeah just like cleveland like the the italian section in cleveland is, yeah, is literally i oh, was yeah. just having a conversation with a gentleman at kroger he was talking about the st louis uh italian section the hill i said you gotta go to cleveland they have one that's i'm not gonna say it's better but it's mm -hmm. it's, it's really something to check out in fact 
I need to go back to Cleveland and just take in some of the uh, the venues out there because I had I had a good time the last time I was out there. I really had yeah. fun. There you go. Let me know. I'll be here. I'm not going All anywhere. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, before we go, any um, social media, anything where people can find you? Yes, you can uh, read my articles at stadiumjourney.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Stadium Journey is also on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me in, uh, on Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. You can also check out my YouTube page, Ballpark Hunter. I have about 604 subscribers trying to hit that thousand mark. Let's try to so, get them there. Uh, every, every week I have new content, two to three videos a week. I have a lot that I'm sitting on right now that I have to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like ballpark travels, if you want to watch me, you know, eat barbecue or travel to a cool little town or drink some beer, uh, it's it's a good channel to check out. And uh, right. if you have, and, and like I tell, I tell people, tell me how I'm doing. If you don't like what I'm doing, if I could be doing something better, if you want to want me to give you a shout out, I can do that as well. But that is Ballpark Hunter on YouTube. Check that out. Subscribe. Share. Tweet. Absolutely. And I will be making sure that I put all the information on the the description. So that way they can follow you as well, my friend. All right. Hey, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Mark. He's a good dude. So make sure you guys are following his Twitter page as well as his YouTube page. So you guys can see all of the uh, videos that he has posted and the ones that are about to come out. Okay. Uh, So before I go, all right, guys, you guys already know this. Okay. A couple things. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. So you guys are always in the know. Okay. Make sure you guys are telling one more person about this. Okay. So that way they can enjoy it. Right. And lastly, make sure you give it a good five star rating. So that way, we go up on the ranking more people listen to it you know how this goes all right guys all right guys so keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya this podcast is part of the curved brand media network here are some of the other members of curved brand media Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.